Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Coffee and cream on Hail Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. Mitchell punched by Uday. Mitchell able to get it back. Ripped away by MJ Rice. Brady Dick, a three. Derek Lively, the second in a whole different role. The steal by And he throws it down with authority. 5-0 nothing Miami. Isaiah Wong. And the follow by Miller. Holy cow. Miami's led by as many as 26. Poplar. The exclamation point on the night. Good morning, coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Happy to have you with us on this fine, beautiful Tuesday morning here in Omaha. 590 ESPN Omaha is what we are on. You can catch us 1480 ESPN Lincoln. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube, despite the fact that DB's camera may or may not fall down at some point, but just like Humpty Dumpty, he'll get back up again. Yeah, who dropped that line yesterday? Oh, Sammy Mack. Sammy McEwen. All the, king's the horse, all the king's horses and all the king's men. People really, really enjoy when we talk to Sam McEwen. So do you. So do I. Oh, oh, well, I do. I, but for me, it's selfish because it's totally selfish. I think you're spot on. Well, thank you. Uh, it's primarily because I, I consider him uh, – it's almost like we we definitely don't think the same, so it's not that. But I like the fact that he's like an emotional peer. Like I can ask, you know, if I want to joke, I can joke. If I want to change gears quickly and be serious, he can be serious. Like he's very – He's got a good variety. He's got – he's very accommodating. And I can ask him hard questions. That's fine. That's you know fine. what I mean? He That's doesn't. So I don't think he hangs up the phone and is like, "Golly, man, what a Richard head." They you know, beat I me think down. I, like yeah. I, I just, yeah. I just think he's. I just think. He, and he wouldn't come back the following week if that were the case. He's just cool, and I think he. I, I, I don't know. I, I like the multiple perspectives. We got about five, six guys and gals. I like. By the way, Shane, at some point, Cynthia Freeland has to come back just for laughs and giggles because. We barely scratched the surface of her talents. <laughs> yeah. Are you guys going? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we she's are, outstanding. So. And plus, with you know this week leading up to the Super Bowl, I wonder if how dun, busy dun, she dun, is. Dun. It's so I'm convinced. Decided underdog are the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh yeah, I, the the, the, li- the, the, the line tells right me different. But hey, everybody is all in on the Philadelphia Eagles, which I'd like to say but I wasn't right, that I was ahead of the game 
because I loved their roster a couple years ago and said that they were on the come. Didn't see this coming, though. Hey, I'll tell you what, though. About two and a half weeks ago, we right when the playoffs began, we said, hey. Playoffs? Who is going to end up in the Super Bowl? Who were, who were your two favorites? San Francisco and Buffalo. Shaner, do you remember your two favorites? My two favorites were San Francisco and Kansas City. And do you remember my two favorites? Kansas City and Philadelphia. I took the one seeds. Because yeah. I asked. I said, is that a cop-out? Like, yeah. having the one seeds go there? I mean, I feel like that's and I asked, And I asked, how often does that happen? And you guys said, Google it. But I don't need to Google it Google because it. it happens all the time, apparently. Uh, I, I don't know. So, I don't so know about all the time. I didn't feel good. I definitely didn't feel good about Buffalo and said as much. because Well, I after did. that Miami game. Well, I thought the seeds. Too. Yeah, so I thought the seeds would end up, depending on what happened with San Francisco and Jacksonville. I thought Kansas City would have to play Cincinnati one round earlier, and so I I took the path of least resistance as opposed to who I had said out loud. I thought the best team in the AFC was because I thought all along the best team in the AFC was Kansas City. I just thought they'd have a tougher road to hoe. Now I mentioned to Mike Tanier yesterday. I'm like, wow. Hey, he was pretty funny on Twitter yesterday. Ah, you yeah, check him was. out. Oh yeah. I was like, oh man, I haven't, I haven't seen a lot of like beat down on the story, like beat the dead horse with Kelsey brothers and um, oh, Jalen Hurts wait. versus Mahomes. Well, no, well I waited one day. Yeah. Well, he said four hours. <laughs> yeah, and he nailed that exactly because right when they sat down on the row, it was like, hey, I got two questions for you. Yeah. Oh and yeah. It was only those two questions, unless you were asking Nick Sirianni about if this was a must-win game. So, Maybe are you the buying question. the whole Andy Reid slight thing, the chip? Come, Come on, on, man, like, stop this. What are we talking about? This was years ago, and you were a wide receivers coach. It's one thing if you were like the OC, and, I'm and he guessing, comes in, and he's just like, "Nope, not you're not the guy. This guy." I'm, I'm betting playing that up though. Come but on. when you get to professionals and and grown men and grown women, it doesn't fly. You know, I also call out our our fellow journalists out there that are making it a bigger deal than it actually was I in that. regards to how it was said. Yeah. It's just, it's just business, man. It's business. Don't you think? The NFL is all business. So, um, first of all, hey, Shane, for another, for another breakfast, would you take a picture in just your underwear? Ooh. This no. is, yes. New, no. new punishment. Speaking of punishments, Shane, our poll Shane question do today. anything for money. Hey, here's our poll question. What because this is perfect. Because this would be a great punishment for it. I said... If any of the Coffee and Cream 3 participated in an episode of Impractical Jokers, who would you like to see punished in the end? Is it me, you, or Shane? Shane. I feel like that should be the punishment. Hey, listen, do you have... Um, That's a bunch of BS. Have you bugged my phone lines? Are you on my Wi-Fi system? Are you watching my cameras? Anything? All three. I just made fun of a child in our house. Not a child, a young man in our house. <laughs> Because he has totally screwed up the YouTube library of what pops up on my and live it's impractical jokers because every it's time. impractical jokers and yes so this weekend I go who is all it this exactly how I said it who keeps watching practical jokers <laughs> get this off my library have you like sat down and watched and that of, show and from of start course, to finish. It was the guy who could, if he could be any character in a movie, mm -hmm. picked Lightning McQueen. Okay. Who, My God. 
Caleb. No way. Lightning McQueen. <laughs> He'd be Lightning McQueen. He did like a walk the court with our boy, Max. I'm sorry, Mike. I didn't mean to call you out. And there. Max, uh, Micah would say something like Nelson Mandela. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be Morgan Freeman. He'd probably, yeah, Red and Shawshank. Redemption. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Why, Micah? Oh, because he could get things. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, man, so Impractical Jokers is on my library. I love it. It's, it makes me love Caleb even more. It's not that funny. It's a great show. Oh, my God. You are so wrong. That show it, is so funny. It's not, it's not that, as funny anymore because Joe left, but it is, oh, it's, it's so not funny. that funny. Oh, my. You have a poor sense of humor, DB. That is so funny. Uh, look, poll question. Who's the funniest of the three? Shane will win, but I guarantee I'll come in second. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He said, I, have a t- I don't know. So I have a terrible sense of humor? You don't have to be funny to know humor. <laughs> oh, who was that yesterday on my timeline getting into it? Probably a multitude of people. So, I, man, I have to go back and scroll, but it was the age-old discussion of do you have to play something to be able to critique it? And inevitably, you get the, do you have to be a chef to know what a good steak tastes like? I oh, you like, know what? I did see that. Who, because wh- somebody said, well, do you own a steakhouse? And like the what guy was, was like. What was that? Oh, what was he critiquing? I, I can't even remember. But, but I know exactly what you're talking about. So, and, but Twitter was funny yesterday. So I thought you were messing with me. When I saw the picture of the secret scroll across my timeline. That was insane. I thought you were messing with me. Then I read Matt Schick's tweet, and I was like, is he joking? Because I use secret. Well, and that's why I laughed. Oh, I know. I saw it, and I thought it was you at first. And I'm like, you're kidding. This guy has some nerve to put this on social media. And then I was like, Matt Schick? Oh, no, please no. And he made it seem like gun to head he had to take it. Yeah, because he forgot his deodorant, and I believe that's the one he just got from what the hotel. No, I think he said Walgreens. Oh, out of the baskets or something like that. Yeah, but that, by the way, I've tried too. those travel size deodorants. Not good. They're like two rubs. Well, and they're not. I prefer something with a little more like length. Yeah, because like, you have to hold it real close. <laughs> and and you're you're like, jabbing your armpit I, with your yes, knuckles. Ex- well, not only that, just the side of the deodorant. Yeah, I get it. You're <laughs> like, ooh, ball. I think I scraped my armpit. No, but I'm team. You know I'm team secret. Yeah. Like, uh, he had to get it in a pinch, right? Went to the front desk and asked if they had any. They only had one kind left, so he got it at the front desk. Oh, yeah, at the, at the hotel. Yep. But guess what? Remember? So, so secret I told powder you, fresh. So I to, that's the jam. I don't think you ever wanted people to know you use secret. Um, no. <laughs> and, now, and now you just kind of just openly Because said. I couldn't remember if it was on air or not. First it's flowery bath and body works. Now it's secret. It's Are not, you telling me it's something? It's not maybe? flowery. What is it way. called again? What was the bath and body works? I can't remember now. I got to ask Coach <laughs> Wilhite. But my man, remember I told you this guy, that I liked this guy a long time ago, TK? Yeah. Kilpatrick. He, so guess what he responded to me with on Twitter? He said, oh, yeah, secret is the way to go. No aluminum. Oh, yeah, no aluminum. What did I show you yesterday on the website that I bought? No aluminum. No aluminum. Aluminum free. And I, once somebody else Let's go, TK. I mean, it's like Groundhog Day now. I feel like we're reliving By the way, that was just on the other day. That's an overrated show. Movie? My mom loves Bill Murray, though. Well, Groundhog Day does take place with Punxsutawney Phil, so it doesn't shock me that it was on the other day. that's where they got him from? 
Well, I don't know if they got him from that movie. Was he Bucks and Tani Phil in the movie? Shane? Shane? Right there. Probably. He's been oh, that way for oh, oh, probably. 150 years or whatever. Hey, side note. Trent Dilfer was the discussion. Oh, Because yeah. it says, you know what my favorite tweets are? Radio hosts going after NFL players for their takes when they themselves have never attempted an yeah, NFL that, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did you all the thread was oh, wild. Yeah. Well, hey, Greg, have you ever owned a steakhouse? <laughs> like, that's the comment so I remember. So that's what it was. It was my man Nick. It was Gregeth. Yes. Yeah. It's exactly yeah, what it was. Because I, 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 I knew it was somebody that I follow, and I was like, where is this going? So then I had to back out. And and I don't know. It's such a. I mean, to dis- have an opinion, you have to play the game. Like the come dis- on, the discussion happens quite a bit. Like I feel like I'm a I'm a meat connoisseur. I feel like I can hold my own on a grill, but yeah. that doesn't mean that I'm You're like the barbecue expert. Yeah, I'm like the chef. And it's so weird too because food is one of those things you can't get any more specific because everybody has their own individual palate. So if you can universally find something that people like, hey, man, good on you. Everybody. I mean, because for the millions of people that like medium rare, there's another million that, that like don't. <laughs> so it's like, like. That need it mooing. So it's like. I'm one of them. I like my know, barbecue mooing. sauce, no barbecue sauce. Although the texture on the scallops, I got to fight you over. Are you. Well, it, we, we had that conversation. I it, I'm it on you. there a little no, bit too I, long. I, uh, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you as somebody that. We'll get scallops seven out of ten times. I think I'm at a good place, and they're on the mm-hmm. menu. I'm with you. I was not going to give you a hard time. The ones who like their steak medium rare, they seem to be most boisterous about it. <laughs> How would you know? How do you like your steak? Done. What are you, 80? See, right there, right there. How do you like your steak? Rare. See, the rare and the medium rare people are the oh, most... Oh, no, 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 so, no, no. Medium so rare I know what I think he's saying. He's saying... He likes hamburgers. People that, people that say done or brown are often the most chastised. Yeah, exactly. Well, because I, you're, I, you're I agree taking with you. one of the best cuts of meat. I, no, I agree with you, And you, you are just cooking it to hell. Because... <laughs> That's all you're doing. People so what's your that, point? People that don't eat their steaks well done. You like rocks. You're eating hockey pucks. That's, that's, that's totally I, I just don't think people that like it any other way can even fathom why you would want that. Mm-mm. So, Shane, no pink for you. Because why would you, Shane, why would you order a $15 piece of meat, let's just say, I usually when you, don't, could, when I you usually, could have gotten a $2 hamburger Shane's from the store? Shane's not paying $15 I usually don't meat. order steak. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You don't. What do you normally get? What If you went to a fancy restaurant, what are you getting? He's going with salmon. Yeah, Chicken I'm going strips? with like a salmon or some type of fish. Yep. Probably first. I love salmon, though. I'm a salmon guy. They tell you about the big old chunk that I got at Costco. Yeah, you did because you chopped it up, bucks. cooked it for dinner for like 50 people or something. Oh, wait, no. Si, senor. S- sorry, it was only your family. Uh, so, <laughs> back, back to 50 people. I don't, I don't think I would have 50 people at my house. Ever? Do you think 50 people could fit comfortably in your house, though? I don't. I don't worry about their comfort. If you want to come, that's on you. <laughs> hey, sorry, that corner over there is where you're standing. <laughs> I mean, it's, they're Your making deck, a cho- though could fit fifty people. Yeah, they're making a choice. It's on them. But what if you don't have a seat because of it? I'd leave gladly. <laughs> hey guys, just lock up whenever you leave. 
God is my witness. That's exactly what I would say. I mean, because I would try. I mean, it's whatever. I wouldn't be able to leave if there were fifty people in my house. Really? Uh-uh. I would. I'm too OCD. I would think you're too OCD to allow. I, that. I'll figure it out when I get back. Oh, not me. No, <laughs> I don't want to figure something out. So you're gonna micromanage on the fly? Are you the host that will run around and, and wipe off tables and like no. Eddie Murphy in Trading Places? No, but my mom is. Who oh, been putting out the coals on my carpet? <laughs> I wouldn't say it like that though. You wouldn't. Uh, Nah. Hey, man, you served too? Where were you in? Gim Yang Yong. I can see. <laughs> All right. Let's stop. <laughs> should we, guys, should we oh, reel man. it back in? So, I do think. How about how they changed Billy Ray Valentine to just William? <laughs> There's nothing more <laughs> prim and proper than William. William. Well, when you get to a certain age, you can't be Billy Ray anymore. So I just had this conversation with somebody the other day. They were talking about. Um, when do you upgrade your nickname? Is that what, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm getting you in a different area of thought. So have you always, you've gone by Andrew your mm, whole, whole life. life. You'll never be Andy. You'll mm, never be well, Drew. Andy, no. Sorry. Traumatized not, not by knock, Toy Story? No. Like, not to knock Andy's. Like, if. You imagine me, on the show? if you were called Uncle Andy, what would people think? Uncle Andy. Uh, people I would, don't know. No disrespect to any Andys out there. People would think that you probably could be a criminal. Oh, I work with an Andy. He's fantastic at his I job. I love Andy Kendi. Well, him too. I was thinking of Wayne, assistant principal at Brady? Westside. <laughs> I'm not a Wayne Brady guy. <laughs> you aren't? Uh, you don't want to play Let's Make a Deal? I mean, I'm sure we could probably hang out. I don't know where we would go together, though. You know, I don't know if we could, like, we'd frink with the same places. I don't know. Anyway, he when seems do you like upgrade? the type of people that likes to talk out in public. When do you upgrade a nickname? You upgrade, I don't know, when like you what start age? paying taxes? Really? That early? Yeah. Andrew. So you're going to be Andrew your whole life? Yes. So I grew up... Well, I didn't grow up. I, in high school, I had a really good friend named Becca. But when she got to college, she went with Rebecca. But I also know other people that have been like Timmy and then just went to Tim. Yeah. We've had this conversation, Shane. I don't know. I just feel I, – I think it will feel right. Can I get back to Yeah, sorry. I – I went off the beaten path. No, I'm curious, though, because with the whole chef, cook thing, having played, not played thing, does that just elicit, like, automatic eye rolls? Because I think and with what we do, and I watched it unfold yesterday, and I think it's the underlying tone with Stephen A. Smith and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving gets so frustrated with Stephen A. because he has all these strong opinions. And I think Jay Will struggles with the fact that Stephen A. hasn't been through it. Not to say that he wasn't a decent college basketball player, because Stephen A. Smith will tell you that he was, even though he really wasn't. Kind of like Skip Bayless. But do you have to be? Because I think that's where the level of frustration... He's like, I think sometimes... Like, Jay Will just wants to say, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, And Stephen A. just wanted him to have an opinion. Jay Will wanted to tell him, 
gosh, I'd love to have an opinion, but I'd like to base it on some deductive reasoning here, some context clues, brother. Stephen A. is like, well, you're paid to have an opinion. Have an opinion. I've made an – Stephen A. is like one of the biggest personalities on the four-letter network, and, and he's right about 61% of the time. Doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. he has strong opinions. Right. Now, I'm not a, I'm not a Stephen A. guy. Nor am I. But I, 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 I've told you about this athlete-on-athlete crime that I've seen on social media. Shannon Sharp and Skip made it famous. I, I don't think it was scripted. These guys are kind of, I think they really got into it yesterday. Because Jason Will is kind of like the black, Jason Williams is kind of like the black sheep. No pun intended. He has the philosophical takes. He and probably Richard Jefferson, I would say. And, and RJ's kind of out of a jobby job. Yeah, a little bit. But everybody else is just kind of more knee-jerky. I don't, so I feel like he's constantly getting, because he tries to think of things from a more topical level. And when you're talking about Kyrie Irving, you can't just scratch the surface right. with his antics. To a degree, I understand both viewpoints. Like, one, if you play the sport, you are going to know the ins and out of everything that kind of happens with the sport. Meanwhile, if you only cover the sport, like how much do you, do you know about what happens inside the film room, inside the weight mm. room? Like I could tell you how it looks on the football field, yeah. but that's because you go to the football game, you watch the football game, you have a different pair of eyes versus, hey, I played the game, I know when the tight end should sit in the zone versus yeah. like, you know, get to the sideline and make it, whatever it is. So for me, like basketball would be the easiest comparison because I played high school basketball. Mm-hmm. Why would that mean I can't talk about college basketball because I didn't I'm play still. college basketball? Well, I mean, it's not all that different. Um, maybe a little more structure in high school basketball because you're running more plays versus in college you just have like a lot of moving around and you're trying to find the holes and then each player is kind of playing with each other that way. Aren't a lot of set plays unless you're doing an inbounds play. But aside from all of that, that shouldn't take away credibility from somebody that didn't play the game. I I think I always worry about – I wouldn't say worry. I used to. And I got called on it early on in my media career, so I'm not not like that anymore. But I always used to worry about not wanting to alienate people. Right? So I don't – I mean, contrary to popular belief, my vocabulary is what it is. But, you know, I don't want to talk over your head. I don't want to – like, if we're not prepared to talk about pin downs and ball screens and icing a ball screen or drop coverage or whatever, like if we're talking about hoops or, you know, just generic stuff like, hey, you know, he's running it in on his hands or, man, listen, you know, the the revolutions, you know, that's how he's getting that good break or the snap. I don't want to do that, right? Football is easy, so I'm not using that as an example. Because I think sometimes you lose people in conversations, and that's not really what it's about. Mm-hmm. But I do, and it's funny you talk about it because it's interesting with this whole Iowa thing. Fans ca- care way more about getting into Brian Ferentz's contract, way more, than a coach ever would. Yep. Than a player ever would. But I understand – because I said this a long time ago. I think Severe taught me this, like, early in the 2000s. He's like, man, I, I just don't want to get in the habit of teaching people how to tell people how to be fans. Right? Like, I don't – 
Because that's what makes them unique, mm-hmm. and that's what makes them fun. That's what makes this thing go. So I don't want to tell people how to be fans. I don't want to say you can and can't do this or or that you're just a fan. I w- that's not my jam, right? Like, I, I understand because we need those people. But the carving and going through that contract I thought was fascinating because you know who couldn't care less? Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. You know who couldn't care less? Brian Ferentz. You know who couldn't care less? P.J. Fleck. Right? I think like, it's interesting to talk about, though. It is. That's where I draw the line, man. Right. I'm like, ooh, 25 points a game. Hey, maybe we'll talk about that next. Uh-oh. Did I do that? <laughs> Did I do that? Hey, good tease. Fudge. Stick around. More coffee and cream coming your way. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Welcome back to the show. Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers. And yes, Andy Compton, I see you on YouTube. Uh, I'm, I'm going to leave your comment with, what's the matter with Andy Rogers at that? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, Andy. And why? Thanks for tuning into the show. We love having you here with us. We're on 590 ESPN Omaha, 1480 ESPN Lincoln. We're live on Twitter. Hey, We're live on YouTube. And I am drinking the official coffee of Coffee and Cream currently. That is coffee from the beanery. And uh, let's coffee just say in the I have beanery almost every day now. And boy, do I feel good <laughs> waking up in the morning well, at I think 5 it helps that it's having this bad boy us. with me. Oh, yeah, four locations throughout the metro. Um, excuse me. Excuse um, me. Ex- four locations ex- just entirely. Ex- That's ex- Gretna, Papillion, Ashland, and the new one uh, that they opened up in October off of 168th and Giles. Or Annex and everybody, aren't we? We can count Ashland. Guess what their slogan is. It's, it's my favorite. Take a guess on what the beanery slogan is, because I know you don't know it, so that's why I'm asking you. <laughs> that's like... The whole analogy that I gave you about the wrong email address or phone yes. number, like you have no chance. I have no chance. <laughs> Serving people coffee. <laughs> Bang. That's it. That's it. Simple to the point. Wait, they're the a, they're, they're a sponsor, right? They are. Oh well, good for you. <laughs> Great slogan. Great locally slogan. Locally owned, locally operated, and you know we love local. Hey, I was just thinking in the break too, when we were talking about our previous conversation about did you play it, did you not? How many people in the world, take the population of sports fans, how many people played the sport? Give me a percentage. Oh, it's not even 10. Like 5%, we'll just say. And that may be generous. 95% of people did not play the sport. Fans like to surround themselves with like-minded individuals. They like to have people next to them that think like them. Are you sure? I do. I, I do, because... There is that case of, hey, I want that, that inside, inside knowledge, like somebody that's been there, done that. They want that. But when they craft an opinion a lot of times, they think like somebody that didn't play the game. 
So that's why I don't think that argument ever stands or will ever hold ground mm. because the majority of people did not do it. So yeah. they think like another person that did not do it. So if they're listening to me, they're like, hey, that's, that's me. I, I didn't play it, but I can sit down and watch it and think like, why did they run an onside kick? Uh, when it seemed like everybody wanted them to either squib it or kick it out of the back of the end zone and make them go 80 yards versus you who may be sitting here saying like, hey, there's a lot of strategy to that onside kick, and, and here's why. You break down it with the times and things like that. You know what bothers me probably more? Because it doesn't really bother me if if somebody hasn't played. Because – Kind of my, what makes me t- – I like conversation, mm-hmm. right? So I, I'll just gauge the conversation. And if it's quality, then it's fine. At no point do I ever think he or she hasn't played before. And how I often t- do people I agree? Just wor- I just worry about quality conversation. How often do people agree if I said, hey, I played quarterback and you played running back? Yeah. I would say something. You'd be like, yeah, I agree with that. And then you would just kind of expand on it. And, oh, yeah, I'd agree with that and you'd expand on it versus – I say something, and you're like, well, like, is that the case? Like, here, here's my perspective. Th- that doesn't bother me near as much as the, the guy or gal that says they played. So then that's the only way mm-hmm. to look at it. That's the end all? Like, the, so, like, if I'm being 100% honest, be, because it's, it's like you know, when people call 888-638-4876. I've worked with people that like to take calls. I've worked with people that don't like to take calls. I've had bosses that said, hey, you know, Shane, you can attest to this. Be a little bit better at screening calls. One early dumb call can lead to multiple dumb calls. One good call can lead. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I've I've seen it. There's multiple ways to 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 skin a cat, but I'm always trying to figure out if I can learn something. So I'm probably going to listen, at least for a little while. I can I can attest to this, right? With but, working with you for the last what ten years, yeah, I've never heard you say, "Well, I've I've ran the ball. I was a running back." Yeah, I don't. I, you you don't you don't play that card. I don't do that. You know. Well, so. and also DB is so well rounded. Because he not only played, but he coached, and he's a father of a player. So you have, like, you know, the three-headed monster right there that you don't have to play a certain card. Yes. Because you, you, your strength is not in your playing area. I would venture to say your strength's in your coaching area. Yeah, but probably more so. That's why, that's why I like to talk hoops. That's why, and, and I think Nick and I hit it off really well early just because I like to talk basketball. I've been, I feel like I've been around it now for – Oh, almost 20 years. And two of my good friends are are coaches. So we talk. I watch. I listen. I learn. Like, like who are some of my favorites? You know, Brad Feakin, Josh Lukey, you know, Jim, Jim Simons, Alvin Mitchell. Like, these are guys. Like, if I want to know. Like, I was joking with Alex, Alex Baugh about we sat for 40 minutes one day. And talked about why he doesn't love ball screens. This was seven years ago. I'll never forget. And it still gets brought up today. Because I'll never forget that conversation. Because what is 80% of basketball used today? Ball screens. So I remember that sticking out in my head. And it's he could have easily said, oh, 
you didn't play past high school. Why do you care about? He just knows mm-hmm. that I like to learn. But nobody right? ever thinks like that either. Like I venture to say, ah, like see, social media is bad at that. But though. more times than not, isn't it a fan that says like, "Hey, you didn't play the sport, so like, why can you say like?" No, because you yes and no. But here's why though, because you know what you've seen now. What did Micah Parsons just say on Twitter the yeah. other day? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Micah Parsons is like was one of those few athletes that was like, "Hey, man, all these people that sit around and have never played have all these opinions," and he's not the first. Excuse me. Somebody else just said it the other day. Kevin Durant is notorious for going there. Yeah, there are there are a few athletes that that's you know he kills the hill that they die on. Yeah, he kills uh, Stephen A. because. He doesn't think Stephen A. is qualified, right? So there are some – to me, that – because that screams uh, – I it just goes against – like because I, I like to think I'm a lifelong learner. There are people that I follow that I do not like. That I, I just know – there's a couple that come to mind. I just know they think differently than me. So I always try to find, selfishly, I always try to find angles to arm myself with more information should it ever be confrontational. As you should. As you should. Expand your view. It's, that's the coach in me. Like, that would be like me saying, why would I watch Huddle on the opponent, right? Like, we do what we do. No, do you know why I watch a lot of film? Even in hoops, right? All the, you know, these games. Because I want to know how people are trying to attack me. The more that I know how people are trying to attack me, and it could be in discussion too. That's why I read articles from people I don't necessarily like. Because sometimes they make good points. Like, why, why would I, you know, um, why would I stymie my own growth just because I don't like somebody? Right? Well, it, that that it, gets you. It drives my sister crazy. That gets you completely one sided, and that's why you, I, I don't you get, know if I want to be like that. But you get separated. Like that's why the world can never come together. Yeah. Because there's never somebody that can like. They want to look at both. They want to look at one because they like one, and so they stick with one. Whether that's a sports point of view, whether that's a political point of view, whether that's you know your everyday life view. You you have routines. People are we're creatures of habit. You like the things that you like, and you stick with that. There are I would find you to be like a rare flower to say like, hey, I'm gonna kind of read something that I don't like, whether it makes do, me do, sick to my stomach I or do not, it all the based time. on the take. I do it whatever all the time. it is. My um, my barber. I told this story before. Yes, there's uh, there's one, two, three, four, five. There's five televisions. The one over here is almost never on because his the other barber that's in there doesn't come in until later in the day. So those two TVs aren't mm-hmm. on. But these first three, they're almost always on something different, right? One could be on ESPN. ESPN. One could be on courtroom tv this one could be on fox the next day this one will still be on courtroom tv that's his jam (laughs) this one may be on cnn and this one may be on the music channel because as like injury court no because as a barber when you see so many different walks of life sure he likes to be well-rounded 
in this conversation. And much like my man Shane, he likes his steaks dirt brown, too. Hey, somebody we do like and somebody we do like reading He's a good man. is Scott Docterman, and we'll talk about his article on Brian Ferentz next. Okay. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and cream with Rogers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. Coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning. I'm Andrew Rogers, and we're happy to have you with us on the show today. Are you having a good day? Is your day hard? Do you need something to wind down with after the day is over already? Well, hey, Acres Ale is the drink for you. Brewed with Nebraska corn, crisp and clean with that light, refreshing flavor. I had one last Friday, and boy, was it tasty as I was watching the NHL skills competition. It's locally brewed. It's the perfect beer to just pair your evening with, your your dinner with, whatever it is. At the end of your workday, check out Acres Ale, and I'm telling you, you won't go wrong. Something else you won't go wrong with is following Scott Docterman <laughs> on Twitter. Because no matter what it seems, that if you work or write for Iowa football, you'll get a lot of traction just in regular conversation. And yesterday, Docterman tweeted out the new stipulations for Brian Ferentz's contract, which are as such. 850000 thousand dollars of salary which is down 50k from 2022 but his performance objectives really got people talking on social media and it started with you have to average at least 25 points per game and then it pretty much ended with you have to win seven games a minimum of seven games which based on what you saw from last season doesn't initially seem reasonable. And that's what I texted you yesterday. I'm like, this doesn't seem realistic. However, when you go back and you look at the previous seasons, from 2015 to 2020, Iowa averaged 25-plus points per game. So it's, it's possible for this team to actually do that. And I would say achievable is probably the better term because it's not just offensive points, defensive and special teams that's points how they do are scoring. factored in to the scoring there. But I think what still grinds people's gears is the fact that Kirk Ferentz still can't answer the question about his son of, hey, what does Brian Ferentz do well that the fans don't see? Because what the fans do see is the product on the field And whenever Kirk Ferentz takes the podium, it's always, hey, our coordinators do such a good job. But they're looking for insight on why is Brian Ferentz the guy outside of the fact that he's your son? What is he doing that we don't see? And that's something that has left an uneasy feeling for that fan base. First of all, do you feel that breeze? It's nice. I feel like I have the chills. Ooh. Hopefully you're not sick. No. Never. Uh, let me ask you Take something. Because I, I thought about this. Okay, you teed this up nicely. 
I used to have these conversations with a couple of previous staffs. Got a chance to know them real well. One I actually just knew anyway, so that was easy. How do you feel about what coaches or people in positions of, of uh, influence or decision makers, what do they owe in terms of explanation to their constituents or to the fan base? Because I one guy, there were two in particular. I'll just take Coach Polini, Coach Frost. Different mindsets, but both wanted to get into why former players said this or did this or acted this way, whatever it was, and the fans' reaction to certain things that they did. And sometimes I think it's interesting. Lions typically don't seek the opinions of sheep, right? They just just don't. They think like lions. So where do you draw the line between chasing ghosts or explaining your every move versus being in a position of leadership where you it's because you said so and it's what you believe and that you shouldn't be not really privy to that information because not because you're not good enough but because you're you're not here on the day-to-day fans like where do you fans are seeking performance Right, whether and and I'm not saying winning games because I know that's of course what you want, but fans want offense. They want to get excited. They want to see the big play. They want to see a lot of points. They want to they want to be a part of something that's high scoring. Now that's not the Big Ten. That's also not Iowa most of the time. But when you score seven points against South Dakota State to open the year, fans don't normally get excited about that. When defense was the only reason you got seven points, man. flexing a little bit (laughs) just feeling good but I'll tell you what here's the thing you won't win games when this conference disbands or when the conferences disband from one another without the offense you're talking about divisions yes yeah I'm sorry the divisions whenever they disband um you just won't I the odd storyline to carry with you into the season though is hey is Brian Ferentz going to live up to this hey is that versus Hey, Drew, can, can Iowa be can that I, good team? Go ahead, interject. Can I say Drew now? Yeah. I feel like I should say Andrew now. No. I like nicknames that aren't Whoa. ending in Y. <laughs> WWBD. What would Barry do? Would Barry be okay if I say Drew down? Mm-hmm. Or would, would he like for me to call you Andrew? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he wants me to say? <laughs> Barry's buttoned up, isn't he? I, I, I will always address my father. <laughs> With the, Dang, with the proper props to, I'm telling you, I knew it. Response. I knew it sounded like a cool name. Barry? I told you, Barry Rogers. All right. Now, now that I'm older, though, we give him a hard time. Would you say what's up, B? <laughs> if he if he heard me come in and say what's up, B, he'd be like, "All right, that can stop right now." <laughs> He'd be like, uh, go back to just calling me by my real name, Barry. I told you he sounded like Captain America. No, he would be like, "Uh, it's dad. (laughs) It's dad. Wow. No wonder you're so buttoned up. Is your mom the lax one? Because she seems cool, too. They're both cool. Yeah? Yeah. Just you got the rock and you got the lover, right? Totally. Okay. Totally. That's fair. 
That's fair. You're just chiseling away in our family. That's, right? I love it, though, because yeah. uh, we're the exact totally. same way. Totally. My, my dad would wake up, and he'd say about seven words a day. It's and my funny. mom could decipher them for us. Same. So I would, and I know we're getting off the real fast. I will, I will text my dad if it has something to do with my car, like my house, or if I needed money. <laughs> right? I will text my mom if I'm looking for some type of love. <laughs> that, is, that is awesome. Yeah. All right, so let me Maybe go money, back. too. My mom could handle the money thing, too. So let me go back to this, though, because sh- should... Like, we want that pound of flesh. And I'm not a pound of flesh guy. I'm just not. Mm-hmm. Right? I think some of it is com- com- coming through my own trials, you know, being flawed. Uh, some of that is my growth and maturation, right? That's not my, that's not up to me. I'm not the judge. That is for somebody else to take care of. So there's part of that. But do we want it? Do we want it all the ways all the time? Because I like consistency. So if you want your pound of flesh for, let's say, Brian Ferentz in that contract, right? Because he can actually get an extension if he hits those metrics. He can get the money back if he hits those metrics. Like there's a lot of things. Well, he'll keep his job if he keeps. There's a lot of things. those metrics. But we didn't. Maybe we did, but we didn't. We never at any point said, and I think I was the first one to say it only because I knew it because I know the players, right? Should Matt Rule have said, hey, you know what? This is why we're bringing Donovan Rayola back. Oh, but the, but the, fa- hey, man, what? Wait, he, wait, what? He's bringing Donovan Rayola back? What? Do you think that was so quiet? Do you think people didn't react like that though because the O line started to get better no, versus no, Iowa's don't get, offense? Not that much credit. Okay. Some, yeah, yeah, some right. people. I'm with you. Good right. point. Some people saw the progression of the offensive line, but what did I say early? Mm-hmm. Hey, man, the players wanted him back. So guess what? That's good enough for me. I didn't get into all that. People would ask me about him all the time, and I'd simply say, hey, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. Well, it seems like the, the perfect- times that I'm around him, he's good to me. He's funny. I like him, right? Because as you, as you know about, about me, super loyal in terms of if you're for me, I'll do whatever you ask, right? If you're not, I'm, yeah, we'll there's just zero little interaction, yeah. right? So, I, so I've always liked Rayola, always. But we didn't want an explanation, mm-hmm. or we didn't have courage enough to ask for an explanation. We just were like, hey, that's the coach's decision. Go with it. Performance, year one, maybe didn't measure up. Maybe we don't know. You know, we chastised. We vilified. We talked crazy about the offensive line. Nobody gave us an explanation. We just went on about our way. So why, when it comes to this, are we so – would we have wanted it the other way? Would we have wa- – listen – Mm-hmm. You probably should give Kirk Ferentz some props Is it for making it for 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 the for the divulging. And I guess you can ask for the contract stipulations, but they've gone through the details. Kirk Ferentz put his own son out there, mm-hmm. and I'm listen. Hear my heart. I'm not trying to validate what I was doing. What I'm telling you is, we can't be hypocritical. Iowa extremely transparent on why they did, and you can say, oh, it's a matter of public records. You can look at the. The contract, but they like wanted their pound of flesh. We didn't. We don't do that here. Nobody in the media was like, "Hey, why are you bringing back such and such? Hey, why did you hire such and such?" 
hey, what did you see when you – like, we don't do that. I think there's separation, though, when it comes with Rayola and Ference, that Ference has been there I only give years. that as an example because – I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm completely there. I just don't like the hypocrisy I un- of it. I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, but just, is there a difference, though, when you're talking offensive coordinator and O-line? Because OC is technically like a step up in position. Yeah, but guess what, area. though? He, he's, he's, been, he's worked with the O-line. He's worked mm-hmm. with the tight ends. Maybe, if it, maybe it's his well-roundedness. What if all Could of a sudden he That's gets a, a quarterback? Point. Do you no, know what I mean? I, I'm with you. Now, if if you were to move on, this would have been the year to do it, though, because you are changing a lot of pieces although, in that offense. Although, though, Drew Down, there's no more excuses. Yep. It's and the same thing I said about bringing Coach Frost back last and year. And that's why they set the expectation there. Let's talk AP Top 25 next with John Fanta. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. On a Sunday in the metropolitan area, we are coming to you from Newark, New Jersey for a Big East matinee as the Seton Hall Pirates welcome in the DePaul Blue Demons. Great to have you with us, everybody. I'm John Fancy. He's my partner, Vin Parisi, and welcome to The Rock. One-hand jam for Nelson. Hello, DePaul. Nelson, my goodness gracious, hammer time for Deshaun Nelson. The Seton Hall Pirates have won eight of their last ten games, and they're getting on the radar in the NCAA tournament conversation. Prepare to hear more of that voice now. It's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers, and let's welcome in our guest. He's a good friend. He is one Hilarious. of the brightest <laughs> college basketball minds out there. He's one of the funniest people to converse with. It's John. And John, did I hear Fanti? Is that really how you pronounce your last name, Fanti? Fanti. No, just just uh, just Fanta. Okay, I don't know if I heard maybe Fanta. That's pa- maybe that's a pack of me, I guess. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I heard when when that call went down, it sounded like you said Fanti, not Fanta. And, and I, I looked at like, DB. I go, is it Fanti? Have we been saying it wrong? Sometimes you know that no, happens. It's, it's nope. It's Fanta. It's like the it's soda. Fanta. Good morning, guys. Good jo- morning, man. John, how are you? I, so did did you get your fill last night? I. The whole Kansas-Texas thing, how was that game not a microcosm of exactly who those two teams are and what they need to do better as Kansas survives to play for meaningful games late in March? Yeah, it really was a a microcosm. And I thought that Texas coming off of the game on Saturday at Kansas State, really tough to then come back on Big Monday and have to play 
at Allen Fieldhouse. I mean, that the schedule makers did them no favors. You go from the octagon to, to Fog Allen. But I, but I thought in this game, we saw what the key is for Kansas. The key for Kansas is complementary scoring in addition to Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson has a, a, a night where he didn't score much. I mean, he had two points. So to me, this was encouraging for Kansas because on Saturday at Iowa State, it was all Wilson, and he didn't get any help. Grady Dick is the most important player for Kansas, in my opinion. The freshman just opens up something for them offensively. He's a shot maker. He just makes things happen for them. Dewan Harris with 17 points in this game. When Harris scores in double figures, Kansas has won over 80% of the time. I mean, they, they, they win when he is scoring the basketball well. And Kevin McCuller delivered. So for Kansas, their supporting cast has been up and down, and that's why I think, Damon, you make up a, a, a great point. For Texas, look, on a night where Marcus Carr goes for 29 points, you would have sat there and said, yeah, they're going to have a chance. They're going to have a real chance to win. And and they played, they played hard. They played well. But they have typically been a very good defensive team. Last night we saw great offense beats great defense. And, mm. and Kansas got clicking. Kansas showed us why people think that they can be a Final Four team. It's been inconsistent. But then again, guys, who hasn't been inconsistent to a degree <laughs> in this sport across the country? You don't know what you're getting from night to night. Hey, that's a great point there, John. Stay right there because, uh, I, I mean, it is absolutely nuts knowing that Selection Sunday is, uh, what, a month away, a little over a month away, and you say exactly what you just said. You can't get a gauge on this field, and it couldn't be more wide open. Uh, say you were filling out your bracket today. Is there a team, above all others, that you would be comfortable penciling in as your NCAA champion? Yes. It's Alabama. <gasps> wow. wow. And why is that? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Well, they're 10-0 and in the SEC, and they've won nine of the ten SEC games by double figures. I think they just had a clunker at Oklahoma. I'm going to chalk it up to it just wasn't their day. But, man, Brandon Miller is going to hear his name very, very early in Brooklyn in June at the NBA draft. But yet he's embracing this ride right now. Nate Oates has a team that with Noah Clowney, uh, what he's been able to add to the fold, and then their backcourt. I mean, they, they've got – uh, a transfer in Mark Sears, who's been a stabilizer. They've got the explosive presence of Javon Quinterly. He makes things happen once upon a time of Illinois Wildcat. Oh, he all everything, right, until he took to IG early <laughs> and his coach's tenure at Nova. Jay Wright was having none of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. IG and Villanova basketball don't go together. Okay. They, they do not. They do not go together. That that'd be like putting me uh, uh -oh. trying to. That'd be like putting me at, at the Victoria's Secret runway. Hey, I don't know. D don't sell yourself short now, John. We saw what, what Tom doing? Brady did on don't Twitter yesterday. My, don't sell myself short, Andrew. Are you trying to go out of business? 
the thing is, they've got a good team. They've got a really good team. They're they're solid defensively, and they just come at you. I mean, they come at you in waves. Their perimeter shot making is impressive. I, I'm I just look at the way the SEC is a really good league. I mean, Tennessee is is a great team. Um, to me, Auburn's still a a really good team that actually gets Alabama this week. Kentucky's been underwhelming, but they still have the the national player of the year from last year. And and to me, I just I just look at the way that Auburn has dominated, not not led the conference. They've totally dominated a conference that's got some quality teams. Missouri's had a really nice year. Arkansas still a force. Texas A&M has won 8 of 10 in the SEC. Interesting bubble team, actually. So I, I'm, I'm super impressed, super impressed with Alabama. And they're, they're a team that I would be comfortable. I'd be comfortable taking to win it all because I've just watched them be a buzzsaw, save a game at Oklahoma. Interesting you mentioned Kentucky because – with Case and Wallace now handling the ball a little bit more, maybe they solve some of their mm-hmm. solve some of their issues at the point guard spot or as a primary ball handler spot. But so let me take Kentucky out of it. Of teams that we think have a lot of components to go far. Kansas, Tennessee, Gonzaga, yep. Yukon. I'll give you those four teams. Kansas, Tennessee, Gonzaga, Yukon. Which of those teams, if you give them consistency at the point and they get good play, has the chance to go the furthest? Because I think all four of those teams have questions in the backcourt at the point guard spot. Yeah, they do. And and Gonzaga has tons of questions there. <laughs> and that, that's what led them to losing to St. Mary's on Saturday. And how about this? St. Mary's. That's 12 in a row. Has a t- has a two-game lead in the West Coast Conference. Yeah. Gonzaga has not lost the the WCC. I, I read since 2012. They just they've been dominant in it. For me, the team that that you bring up when you bring up those four teams, well, Tristan Newton's actually played well for UConn. They've got other issues right now with Andre Jackson just being off from the floor, with Donovan Klingon sort of having that freshman drop off that you sometimes see, and they come and go. I think the team is Tennessee. Mm. I really do. Tennessee is – they play an ugly style. I mean, <laughs> that Saturday game against Auburn, Auburn they oh. went 46-43. Hey, and won the game. I thought that was a foul at the end that they missed. But, fellas, like, for a team that's that good defensively, for a team that's got Olivier Camois and Josiah Jordan-James, and both of them just make things happen, they're, they're both great on the glass – they both are physical. Tennessee is physical as hell. I mean, they, they really get up in you in guard. But Zakai Ziegler goes 0 for 10 in this game. Santiago Vescovi was, was really a non-factor. That guard duo has too many ups and downs on the offensive end of the floor for you to trust them to win six games. And that's the thing this year. There's so much inconsistency you sit there saying, who is going to win six consecutive games? Tennessee, to me, offensively, they're two up and down. But if you told me that they would have guard play throughout the NCAA tournament, I'd feel a heck of a lot more comfortable with picking them. There's no question about it. 
Hey, John, let's do something fun here because we had a listener question come through on Twitter and I purposely saved it for you because I thought we could have a good conversation. This isn't just a question for you. I want DB to chime in and I want to chime in myself. But here's the question. With this crazy college basketball season and what seems to be the most wide open field, today, who are you placing all your money on to win it all? And then who is your dark horse, a five or higher seed, or technically wouldn't lower seed, yeah. um, to possibly win it all? Hmm. I'll start with you, John. Question. Um, let, let's see here because I'm going to take a look. I'm pulling up my, my bracket projection here, the, the composite <laughs> of everything. So I'm going to start. I'm going to start by answering who's the five or the lower. Got it. Let's you hear it. That, who's the five? Who's the five or the lower? And I'm scanning here, looking across the board at a five or lower who could do it. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I I think that there's something to be said, and I know it's a team from the Big Ten. But I would not be surprised if Illinois got scalding hot marks. Man, you know, I, I, I really would. Well, Damon, you seem to agree. Yeah, yeah. I do. We, Mine's another big ten. We team. just talked yesterday with one of our beat writers locally, and he actually thinks Illinois is the second best team in the Big Ten when all well, things when the, when all things are clicking. Mm-hmm. So that they that was fresh on my mind because they've got a bucket getter in Shannon. I like Dane Danger. Meyer can shoot it well enough. Like they have a lot of pieces, but they have Brad Underwood. Mm-hmm. So that so that gave me a little pause. Yeah, exactly. That gives you a little pause. But again, this might be the year where it, it comes to fruition, just because it's so. There's just such an openness to it. So I wouldn't. I gotta tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a run um, because it, they've got Terrence Shannon, who who's an engineer. Matthew Meyer is just a winning player. Yeah. You know, he's he's just if if you were gonna pick one of the five winningest players in college basketball right now. That guy just makes winning plays. When Coleman Hawkins is giving them something productive offensively, they do defend. Like, Illinois has got a good defense. So, for me, they're a team that could they catch lightning in a bottle and go on a run? Right now, according to projections, they're around a five. That's a healthy five. Um, they, they really are. I got to tell you, um, I know that this is a wild take. <laughs> but I, I would not be surprised if we see a double-digit seed in the Final Four this year. Um, I, I really wouldn't. Who do you and, like? Who do you like? Well, um, going totally off the map, I think I think that they're going to be able to win a tournament game. I, I love Oral Roberts. So do I. So uh, do I, I out he, of the summit. He was he was what? I was, he was I was he ready had to us, we were he ha- he's, we've got the place bugged. So bug, John. do I. John, they have one of the best assist to turnover ratios. They have such a good defense and Max Aismith is one of the best players in college basketball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is. And and that experience matters. You know, it, it in recent Loyola Chicago runs when they found ways to win in the NCAA tournament. I, I think that that translates. And right now, Oral Roberts is the projected twelve. Like they are not a thirteen or fourteen or fifteen coming out of nowhere. How many times do we see the twelve over the five? I, I love that potential. And and you just said it with Aismiths. You got to have a bucket. He is that. And they take care of the basketball. That leads you to success, typically. 
that time of year. So I'm, I'm high on Oral Roberts. You asked me to, to, if I was going to take a team to win it all, to pour it all on. Mm. I, I'm going to go with Houston because I think there's Good something metrics. to be said about the storybook. Kelvin Sampson's gotten them there. He got them there two years ago. Could you imagine Houston making it to the Final Four in their home city? Could you imagine that crowd at NRG Stadium? I mean, you'd have people coming out of the woodwork left and right. Houston's not typically the basketball city or, or whatnot. You, it wouldn't matter. It's the, it's the Final Four, gentlemen. So I, I think that's a team. I, I, said, I said Alabama makes me comfortable, but at the window, man, you'd be mistaken to not sprinkle some on Houston just because their toughness level, Marcus Sasser, Jamal Shedd, and guys, Jarris Walker is big. Time. That kid is special, special. If he was playing at a Duke or a Kentucky, we'd be talking about him every single day right now. That's how good he is. I'm going to take UCLA begrudgingly. See, I like UCLA Just because as well. I like the experience in the backcourt and I Give like Jaime Jaquez. Their inconsistency bugs me a smidge, but they still only have the four losses, but they're all against quad one teams. So that gives me a little pause. That. Let me ask I you like about – I like that pick. The other one is Iowa State. Uh, people mm-hmm. are sleeping on them because of their name, but they shouldn't be. Let me ask you about – because I wanted to say Gonzaga. But then I listen, and you hit the nail on the head because I don't like this about them. I don't love their toughness. I could see Shed just wearing Drew Timmy out because he'll touch and clutch and try to bully Strother guys like that. What did I miss, or what did we miss on, no, on Hickman's emergence – coming out of high school versus kind of what he's been in Spokane? I don't know if we missed anything as much as he just hasn't had it all come together the way that people thought he would. I think Mark Few is the magician. He gets guys in the lab. He makes them better players. And I just think this particular test case, it came back negative. Um, <laughs> it it just, just hasn't worked. You know, for them, and, and, and I would say, Damon, you, you almost saw that, that they lacked, I don't want to say confidence, but basically confidence, when they brought in Malachi Smith. Mm. You know, the writing's on the wall sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Of, oh, you're bringing in Malachi Smith? Well, why are you bringing in Malachi Smith? I mean, good player and all. He's going to help you, but who's going to be the point guard? Yeah. That, to me, created more questions. The other thing is, you can't fully expect to go from Jalen Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs to Andrew Nemhard to another elite level NBA guard, and that's just it. They haven't had that. Drew Timmy needs that around him. If Julian Strother's not scoring on the wing, they just don't have enough. Yeah, it bogs this year. down. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm with you. What? Here's the thing. As much as they can light it up offensively, remember they beat Alabama. They mm-hmm. scored a hundred on them. They scored 100 on them, but they've been soft this year. You know, and that's just it. When you could score the ball to a degree, to a great degree, and this is the pro- this is actually a thing that I worry about with, like, Xavier a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Uh, because I think Sean Miller's intense. But at some point, you've got to dig in and get physical with the team and say, we're, we're not going to be denied. And to beat Gonzaga's issue this year is, like, on Saturday night, the game was hanging in the balance. Aiden Mahaney took it from him. Yeah, Randy Brandy Bennett just took that game. 
that's very that's not typical of Gonzaga. So no, I, I don't think so. I'm I'm out on them. I, I don't I'm not buying their stock come March. There is some stock that I'm buying, and it comes in the Big East. Now, another team that I like to win it all, DB will like this pick, is Indiana. I think they're really set up well. Especially if Hood Shafino continues um, to exactly. play well. Um, but one of my so-called five or lower teams has to be Creighton, right? Like that's where Although they, I think they're going to get to a five. They, they'll, and, but still, five still counts yeah, for that I think threshold. they'll get to a five. But, but Creighton would be my team. And, John, you were the one that said it two weeks ago that Creighton was on a surge and not a lot of people saw it, but you are somebody that covers the Big East like it's the back of your hand. You have five teams now in the top 25 out of the Big East. Marquette makes it a top 10, uh, and they were preseason ranked ninth to open the year to come out of the Big East. With everything that you're seeing inside of this conference, do you think that they have stepped up to being the second best college basketball conference, especially this year? Well, I think that the top of the Big Ten – uh, excuse me, the top of the Big East is second best when you look at all conferences right now. No que- I, no question about it. Where the Big East this year is a little bit off is that the bottom is pretty clear. I mean, and I would say that sometimes when you have a bottom, it's a good thing for your league because it means that the top can accumulate victories and keep building up real estate and building it up and building it up and getting ranked not taking anything away from those teams. I, I, I think when you look at conferences, you know, the the depth of the Big Ten, the fact that they could get eight or nine teams in the NCAA tournament is is my reservation on that, Andrew, because the Big East is, is staring at five, maybe six. Seton Hall is right on the bubble. They have a big opportunity tomorrow night against Creighton. But, yeah, there's an argument. I think that the Big East is a top three league right now because – yeah, you've got the second most teams in the top 25. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. A rant on the Big East for a moment. Back in December, people were saying Big East, down year, huge step back, disappointing, this, that. Every, if this is disappointing and they've mm-hmm. got five teams in, in the top 25, second most in America, uh, that's not that's not bad. I mean, that that's pretty, pretty special. And I think the biggest thing with the Big East is not that they've got the – like they've got the five-ranked teams – it's the fact that they've got five ranked teams and none of them are named Villanova, St. John's, or Georgetown. The traditional brands of this conference are actually bringing the conference down currently. That can't continue. That can't continue. Villanova gets a pass. Georgetown and St. John's do not. Change, changes need to be made because the conference can't hit its full ceiling without those schools doing their part. But back to this league, I love Marquette. They've won 13 of their last 15 games. They've won 10 of their last 11. The only loss is to Xavier. Tyler Kolick's got 189 assists in 24 basketball games. That's absolutely absurd. If Marquette beats UConn tonight, bold prediction, if Marquette beats Connecticut tonight in Hartford, Marquette is going to win the Big East regular season championship. I think this is a massive game. If they lose the game, it'll be a real race. If they win this game in Hartford tonight, I think they're going to find a way to the regular season crown. Xavier's dealing with the Zach Fremantle injury. They've dealt with it well. UConn, they need to win tonight. They need to reassert themselves. As much as Marquette's in that pursuit for the title, UConn's got to show everybody that they're still legit. Well, they need Adama Snogo to play a big boy game, and they got to get physical with Marquette. Creighton is the team that's playing the best basketball in the conference currently. They've won six in a row. 
They've got balance. That starting five I'd put up with anybody. And, guys, Ed Cooley's got a team that's fit to win in March because Bryce mm-hmm. Hopkins is a man. Noah Locke and Devin Carter have gotten better. And if Jared Bynum hits his stride, watch out. So this league's loaded at the top, more loaded than it's been, more loaded than it's been uh, in in recent years, like at the top top. So I, I'm impressed with this league. And more than anything, I'm impressed with the fact that it's overcome a lot of the early takes and narratives. Sometimes when the ACC gets stuck in a hole, guys, they never dig out of it. They really don't. The Big East did, and uh, they did it in a big way. And they put themselves in a position to say, yes, the conference is having a quality year. The bottom is clear. The bottom's clear. There's going to be some programs that have to make some changes. But, man, for a top five in this league, I'd put that top five up against anybody. Yeah, speaking of change, I could see Ed Cooley changing addresses and going to Georgetown. Yeah, we talked about I'm, that I'm, I'm on week. that, John Fanta. I am on Ed Cooley to Georgetown. But let me ask you this because you mentioned his name and Tyler Kolick, and I think he's fantastic. And there's another guy when you reference Xavier that didn't come up by name that Creighton found a way to neutralize, and I absolutely think it was the difference in the game because he only had one basket. But Sule Boom has a chance to be – all conference in three different conferences in varying degrees. He was at he was all conference at San Francisco. He did it at UTEP in Conference USA. He could do it again in the Big East. Kolick or Boom? Who are you taking, John Fanta? Yeah, today I'm giving the lean to Kolick. Mm. Takes good I'm care of the ball, lead. doesn't he? I'm giving the lean to Kolick. He's just played so absurdly well over the last six, seven games. I mean, he's averaging close to 20 points over the last three weeks of basketball. We know what he's doing in the assist column. I mean, to total 189 assists to just over 50 turnovers, that's absurd. Those are absurd numbers. And, of course, he's got to set up Cam Jones and Omax Prosper and Oso Iguodaro, David Joplin. But for me, uh, he sets them up for success. You're not getting that many assists unless you're making the right play. And he makes the right play. In ball screen situations, he's close to impossible to guard right now. They are that dangerous. I mean, they. somebody asked me who out of this league could make it to the Final Four, and I said to them the other day, I think it's Marquette, and they said, are you crazy? I said, no. I said, no, I'm not crazy because that team – I mean, I am crazy. But that team's a top-five offense in college basketball. The Golden Eagles are going to have pressure on them in March. Let's face it. They haven't won an NCAA tournament game in a decade. They're too talented for that streak to continue. John, we could talk to you for hours. We appreciate your time this morning, man, and have a great rest of your day. Thank you, guys. Anytime. Thanks, John. That's John Fanta, Fox College Hoops broadcaster and reporter. We are talking to Brendan Quinn from The Athletic next. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coffee and Cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. 888-638-4876. If you'd like to get involved, it's Coffee and Cream in the Morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at Hale Varsity Club. And before we get to our next guest, we're waiting on Brendan Quinn to give us a call back. I want to tell you, take a moment and tell you about Dingman's. Dingman's Collision Center, four locations throughout the metro area, along with that standalone mechanical shop at 120th and Maple. They do basically everything over at Dingman's that um, involves maybe an issue on your car or an upgrade on your car. They work on all makes and models from Fords to Teslas. If you have a Tesla, that's pretty sick because those cars can drive themselves. And I don't know if I'd really trust it because that could happen. Uh, (laughs) But if that does happen, maybe you hit a pole, maybe you back into fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher. What am I thinking? <laughs> a fire hydrant. A fire hydrant. Um, maybe there's a fire extinguisher on the sidewalk. Who knows? Uh, take your car over to that, Dingman's. They've been in the business for over 25 case. years. <laughs> you see that? Yep. And I gave you nux just because of it. <laughs> family owned, family run local business. I know DB needs an oil change, and you're set Thursday up to go, right? Thursday at 11. So he'll be over at Dingman's. Maybe go over there, say hello, and. Uh, Give Dingman some love. We love Dingman's on the show. I think I'm going to have them take a look at my back left tire, too. I think I have a slow leak. That's the same one that I've been refilling about every eight days. I thought it was the temp because it was really cold. Come to find out, I went over this spike strip the other day. Yeah, but it's never <laughs> gone lower than 32 PSIs. Oh, okay. But I catch it in time. You know, I let the light stay on for a Right. Days. Sometimes my car does that too, and I fill them up, and then they're good. Yeah, but I keep having to do the same left yeah, tire. That's but You're probably right then. Now, uh, we just got done speaking with John Fanta. If you missed that interview, you got to go back and listen. Uh, go to your favorite Spotify, Apple podcast, which is Hail Varsity Radio. Go check out that podcast at the end of the show. It's fantastic. But something that I wanted to add to that point, because we were talking AP top 25 and it's interesting because after the NCAA when it came out and released the top 25, Purdue ranked at number one, still mm-hmm. had that loss to Indiana, which I don't think they deserve to move because that was such a competitive basketball game. Houston at two, but then they're still nine and two against quad one. Teams. Right. But Bama 20 and three at third in the nation right now. And that was John Fanta's team to win. And that kind of caught us both off guard. Um, but six and three against quad one teams, but they there, are running rough shots. Right. They are running rough shot in the, in the big E or excuse me, in the sec. But um, I just don't see for some reason, I just don't trust them. There are two teams. A that, lot of it is their shot selection, but they're not as loosey goosey as they have been in the past. There are two teams that are, you never know what you're going to get on any given night, and that's Texas and Kansas. Uh, and we saw both of them I play like, last night. I like Kansas. I said this earlier last year that I that I liked Kansas, and it pains me a little, right? Because I'm not a not a rock chalk guy, but I think self is obviously top four or five in the country. And last year, I just felt like they were such a hard team to prepare for because they won like six or seven different ways. Turns out they end up cutting down the nets. I don't know how many people saw that coming, but this year I, it's so predicated on Harris. And I, I just think that that's a lot of pressure. I think Jalen Wilson is fantastic, no question. 
But do you watch how many tough shots he makes? He makes mm-hmm. some, like, as Micah was telling me the other night, because he likes to repeat me, tough shot taker, tough shot maker, because I say that all the time. I used to say it about Kobe. And so now, oh, really? he, now he just mocks me. <laughs> but was Kobe good? He was okay. He was okay. I just don't remember him ever scoring a lot. It t- took me a long time to come around to liking him. Probably five, six years maybe, which is quite a bit. But I, they don't get enough easy shots. It, it seems like. just Right. You know, I, I haven't gotten into their, it's their hard, analytics. Their offense is, I mean, sometimes it looks they so make some. They make some tough shots. And Grady Dick has kind of hit, until last night, He'd kind of hit that little freshman low the last seven, eight games. It kind of reminded me of, because I watched them almost all night last night, was Nebraska women's basketball with Jazz Shelley. Uh, they almost they had a late fourth quarter meltdown again, mm-hmm. similar to what they had they against had 24 Michigan turnovers. State. Yeah, a ton. 12 or something in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they had four in 48 seconds. Yeah. Four turnovers. And it in turned 40, into points. 48 seconds. But here's the funny thing. Remember, and I thought of you right away, when I saw the graphic, because she, we talked about once Hybe got hurt and then her coming back, could Jazz Shelley kind of shoulder the offensive load because it's not in her nature, right? Well, since January, she only had one double-digit game in scoring, and it was 10. And in a handful of those games, she had six or less. So remember that crazy run she went on and we're like, oh, maybe she was. Maybe she is a scorer. Maybe she is a scorer. Kind of tapered off in January. She, yeah, she almost had a double-double last night. Uh, shoot, almost a triple double because I think she finished with She's eight. Assists. Getting other players involved, I think she was like twelve, eight, and eight last night, something like that. But it's just it just reminded me how tough offensive consistency is, and Nebraska shoots the three ball so much. Women's, like right. you know, it's not always going to be your night. But going back to the men's real quick, it's like they just make so many tough shots. And why do I like UCLA? I like UCLA too from the start though because they they return They're guys. Ne- I watched them get annihilated in back to back and in four days by both Arizona then USC and I'm like, am I? And this was just last week. I'm like, am I missing on this team? They seem like they should be better, and they should. Based They're on seventeen they and four, right? But right. it doesn't but seem like you they look get at a lot losses, of runs. Like their losses are like ooh, they're three mm. and four in quad one mm. games. They have a losing record That's versus quad one teams. Right when you look at their when you look at their record, it's like eh, I'm I don't like really no. A <laughs> team I do Did, like. Wait a minute, Did, were you just doing Romo? A little bit. I don't know, Jim. Uh, we got to stop. I like St. Mary's. Uh, <sighs> That's a twelve in a row for them. And I really like I mean, they may have the freshman of the year on that team. And um, there are some good ones mm-hmm. in the country. There's some great freshmen. And then my favorite. We saw your boy last night. Were you were you all in on the Mitchell hype? <laughs> he had another putback dunk. Yeah, and he also had four points again. <laughs> I'm like, what is up? What is up with this Mitchell hype? I'm not there. I'm just not there, DB. A team I do like at the bottom coming out of the Big Ten. Rutgers. Oh, Pykel is a stud. I am loving the way that they're playing. And as they get deep into March, this is going to be one of the scarier teams. Well, it's not not funny anymore. I remember like three or four years ago, 
um, I was talking about playing in Piscataway and Rutgers, and I was like, ah, apparently, you know, Piscataway is a house of horrors. <laughs> right. I didn't like see Pico kind of being right. this guy. And I didn't love Ron Harper Jr.'s game. I didn't think he was in great shape. He always had that weird build and always had a lot of They sometimes too. struggled to score. And, and apparently, Rutgers yeah. is for real. Well, and they're such a veteran team. I mean, you have a fifth-year senior leading the charge. You have other veteran faces. It, it's guys that have played for a long time. Yeah. And not everybody wants to admit it because sometimes talent can supersede age. But – Speaking of UCLA, it, that would be Amari Bailey. Right. And in, in this year, in this field, because we talk about how wide open it is, you almost want a little bit of structure. Yeah, these brackets and that are going to be team, hilarious. Oh, we're talking about uh, – there were years – I mean, last year, for one, people thought Arizona was like the team. Yeah. And nobody thought they would ever get busted after uh, the round of 32. I think I took Arizona. No, I, I did, took Gonzaga. I took Arizona. It's one of the two. But then there were – like Iowa was a super good team last year. Yeah. And then they get upset by Richmond, if I'm correct. Richmond, what, 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 Richmond? Which may or may not have. Are you a Coach Carter guy? Have you seen worst that mascots? The spiders. spiders. Who'd they just beat? Nobody likes spiders. Was that Fordham? Who they? No, Richmond. For, I think Fordham beat them Sunday. Speaking of wild, wild teams that you know, watch out for. Watch out for Marshall. Coming oh, out stop. of the sun, though. So Marshall will lose this week because you said that the other day with FAU before they Watch even got in the top 25. That Monday they get ranked in the top They're 25 like and 19 the right now. And then FAU got beat. Colgate's another team. <laughs> really good defense. So they, they play like Creighton defensively. Kiss, they don't kiss, foul a lot. Kiss of death. Marshall, you're in trouble because Andrew Rogers said, look out. Watch out for the thundering herd. I'm telling you, they are third in the Sun Belt right now. But guys, can this team play basketball? My man Bojack, I put out a Twitter poll: Who's the most ostracized? Medium, well done. Medium rare, rare. I let people eat their steak however they like because it's I'm not an over officious jerk, and they're my guests. I'm a jerk. Hey, no kidding, Bojack. I'm talking about when they're not in your presence, bud. <laughs> right. You know who's in our presence next? Joella Renzi. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. 124 to go. Nemar to the bucket. Up and in. Dixon pump, double pump, block. Dixon gets it back. Two to shoot. Let's it go. And it out. Welcome back to the show. As we wind this thing down, we will be talking to Joel Lorenzi as we do every Tuesday. He's the Creighton beat writer for the Omaha World Herald. It's coffee and cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio powered by Currency. He's Damon Benning sliding back into the screen right now. I don't have to, do I? Well, no, you don't. I you mean, can stand. I, mean, I, if I you can still talk, do the show you, standing. You, well, you can. You know what, DB? You can be whoever you want to be. You can have whatever you like. Don't, are you a TI guy? Oh, yeah. Joel, are you a TI guy? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good guy to have enjoyed T.I.'s <laughs> Joe, I'm going to stop asking you off-the-cuff questions, man, because you're one of those pitchers that can throw that curveball, man. But I'm going I'm to keep trying to hit it, man. How you doing this morning? I'm all right. I'm, I actually, I've been up for like a good hour. Whoa! <laughs> what? Yeah. Joel, you're a new man. I'm tired when I'm here. 
You're a brand new man, according to Brooks and Dunn. I'm sure you're not much of a country guy. <laughs> We're just throwing yeah, him. Up. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't up late last night watching like Thunder Warriors or Bucks Blazers. None of that. I was. I, I caught that Bucks Blazers, but I just I to wake up on it. Let me ask you something. Can, can OKC win with Giddy not scoring the ball better? No. Hmm. What? I don't. I don't know if we should be thinking about them uh, winning. They, I, don't, I don't know if that's the question we should be asking. Well, they're close. I kind of like them on the come the next couple of years, and they got great cap yeah. space. Next couple of years, I agree. But I don't. Even though they're creeping up on that picture, everybody is. All the all the records are so close. Like the teams that feel like they're in contention probably really aren't. Can ISO can ISO guy play with Kyrie? Yeah, I, man, I like I like the move. If I'm being honest, maybe not for this year because I think they got to fill out the roster more. But it'll be fun to see how they play together, and um, I think it raises their ceiling, man. They needed a, a bona fide second option, man. He couldn't. I mean, he he could only do so much. That run last year when he carried that team, like a guy like that, I thought that run was real, like LeBron esque. Looking at his first stint with the Cavs, um, and you know LeBron needs a, a crazy second option, man. I mean, everybody does. Uh, with Joel Lorenzi with Mark Cuban's money, pay Kyrie Irving forty-one million dollars a year. Um, yeah, I pay, dude. I mean. I, I look, I, I know he's problematic, and um, he's not the most reliable employee, right? Um, but I think you got to just make that bet, especially if you're mad. Because you want to keep Luka, um, you want to take a gamble. I mean, you have to take a gamble like that if you want to aim at a championship. Because I think the direction they were in was pretty stagnant, man. And they, they needed to, I wouldn't call it a splash move, but Luka needed to the second option to raise the ceiling. They already whiffed on Jeff Brunson. It was like, what do you have to lose? Mm. Joel, let's talk Creighton now. After debuting at number nine in the AP preseason poll, the team is finally back in the AP Top 25. If you had to attribute this team's success to one person or thing over this surge, is it Kalkbrenner? Is it the defense? Who or what would get the credit? Hmm. Um, yeah, I think overall, if there has to be one person to point to, it has to be Clark Brennan, right? Um, they, they couldn't, they couldn't win without him. That's for sure. With him, um, it's not even just one of those things like, well, yeah, he's your best player. I think it's because the things he does that, that unlock so much. I mean, on defense, um, he's there to catch guys' mistakes. Once the perimeter's breached, uh, offensive gravity as a roller and screener, everything. It opens lanes. Um, it opens more threes. It, it just does so much and unlocks so much for the both ends that um, it's why, it's clearly why he's their best player. I mean, um, certain guys might pop off a certain night, like Trey Alexander was crazy the other night. Um, you know, Columbus had his moments. But Ryan Kalkbrenner is inevitable. Every game, you know what you're going to get from him. So, yeah, I, 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 I take Kalkbrenner. So, is there a difference? Be, would you entertain a debate, and maybe you haven't, 
maybe you won't because we saw what Creighton was like without Kalkbrenner. But will you? It, would you entertain most valuable from most important or integral to long-term success if I introduce Trey Alexander into the discussion? You're asking who, who would I call? Would you? Are they still the same person, or would you have a sit down and try to differentiate between the two adjectives of valuable and important? Um, I I I say Cogburn is for both the most valuable and the, the most important. Uh, like I said, he just does so much. Um, honestly, I think, I thought he was underrated during the season in the national landscape, and I think it still is. Um, I think while Sule Boomer has a really good case for Big East Player of the Year, um, because they are for the first seed and he's been phenomenal this year, um, I think Brian Hogwarts is really creeping up on the case should close out the rest of their schedule the way they should. You know, Joel, uh, we'll keep it with Trey Alexander here because you wrote that piece a couple of weeks ago, um, and he's absolutely thriving in wins this year. 14 points per game, over 50% from the field in those wins. Um, I even think I heard on the broadcast the guy's even tossing around the idea of Trey being the one from this team out of anyone to play at the next level. So how much credit do you think Trey realistically gets from fans, though, this season? Like, are people really realizing how much he's helping the team? Should he be getting more love? Yeah, I think so, and, and I, I agree. I, I kind of leaned over to uh, Matt DeFarinas and, and mentioned that after the game, like there, there was a so many shouts at that game, and then it felt like as it went on, I, I, they showed up for you know Cam Whitmore, Arthur Kaluma, and it feels like they probably left with an impression on Trey Alexander if they already came with one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, people, not just fans, but scouts are. Recognize him. I mean, I saw him on a on a mock draft entering the season, like top forty five or something like that. So, um, the momentum behind Trey Alexander is real, um, and, and everybody gets that. I mean, obviously, it's different with a guy like uh, Kaluma because he's kind of warped his game, and um, some of the things he does aren't so flashy. But Trey Alexander, the way he gets it kind of too hard to ignore, right? Like the 32-piece against DePaul, 27 against Nova. Like, um, you watch a dude like that on his best nights, and it's hard to ignore mm-hmm. how important he is. It's interesting to hear you reference Sule Boom. I asked John Fanta earlier, because I think he's really, really good, and I love the reverence that you gave him, because I do think he's in the player of the year discussion. I think it's a four-horse race at, at this point, and Boom is in the discussion. Would you take Kolak from Marquette or Boom from Xavier right now? Man, Kolak has been really, really, really good. If I, if I'm, if we're talking Biggie's Player of the Year, I have to go Boom just because the kind of crutch he's been for them. Um, but Kolak, he got a lot of momentum right. Now. I think Marquette is the best team in the Big East right now, or has the best case, at least, to win the Big East. Um, and so, if we're using that line to go, best player on the best team, and Marquette closes the schedule out, that would 
Foley has a good chance. My pick would be Boomer. It's weird to see how Creighton just ate Boom up last weekend during the pink out where he was a non-factor. How impressive was that? I know it's I know it's back a couple of games, but man, just think about what a non-factor he was for playing mm-hmm. 35 minutes. Yeah, and, and that's one thing that could probably hurt him for his case if it ends up being a close race. Um, it was a real uncharacteristic performance. I think his lowest scoring output in two or three years, maybe two years. And so uh, I think what was most impressive was the adjustment from Braden and the execution by Ryan Nemhart. I think Ryan Nemhart has a chance to be a, a really good college defender. Uh, you know, with his quickness and size and uh, just going side-by-side with a guard like Tulane. And, you know, Creighton saw that, you know, Travis Gander picked up that, that first early foul on, on Boom, and that's the guy that they've leaned on as their best perimeter defender. And what, what the understanding is that there's a drop-off outside of him, maybe not to where it's a negative, but to where you know, okay, it, we want Alexander on a guy. And Ryan Nemhard came and did a better job probably than Alexander could have that night. I mean, he seriously chased Boom around, got through screens. Like, it was, it was really impressive. Easily, Ryan Nemhard's best game as a, as a loser. Got about a minute here, Joel. Currently projected as a seven seed in the tourney, although I think DB got it right that Creighton will end up around five. Uh, wherever they land, how comfortable are you saying this is the year they'll make it farther than any other? Um, I, I, I think very comfortable. Um, and I think they're in a good spot. You know, if they get a fifth or something, uh, it's hard to see a team that can really upset them, even if even though um, it's hard to see a team that could upset them, even with their flaws. And then if they end up being a, a lower seed, um, they're easily one of the upset favorites in the tournament. Man. I mean, their 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 opinions are so wide range that people think they be a Final Four team or not a thirty-two team. This team still is crazy. Mm. Joel, we appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much. We'll talk again next week. All right, see you guys. Thanks, buddy. And thank you, all of you out there listening to the show, for joining us today as well. If you missed anything, go back, check out the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Type in Hale Varsity Radio. You can find Coffee and Cream. Until tomorrow, we'll see you then.